Hey, everybody. It's Mike Honig from the University of Iowa Center for Disabilities and Development, Iowa's USED, or University Center for Excellence in Developmental Disabilities. We're pleased to have the opportunity to welcome you to Disability Exchange and also pleased to be partnering with Midwest Public Health Training Center, part of the University of Iowa College of Public Health, to produce this podcast. We have a very special guest today who we'll be introducing shortly, but first I would like to introduce my co-host who probably needs no introduction at this point, but her name is Judy Warth, and I'll turn it over to her to introduce herself. You guys all know me. I'm the funny one and the tall one. Oh, wait, wrong show. No, it is. It, this is exciting for us because both Mike and I have been friends with Brady for a long time, and we're excited to have Brady um, join us today to talk a little bit about his experience and his future and where where he's going. So, Brady, we appreciate you trusting us enough to come in and, and talk today. And maybe you should give yourself an introduction here too, Brady, so everybody else knows who you are, where you live, and why you think advocacy is so important. This This podcast is all about elevating the voice of people with disabilities and their families to to tell their story through advocacy. So tell us who you are, where you're from, and why advocacy is so important. Hi, uh, my name is Brady Werger. I am 29 years old. I will turn 30 on January 22nd. I'm from Glenwood, Iowa. I recently lived at the Glenwood Resource Center. I moved to the Glenwood Resource Center in the year of 2011 and uh, lived in the Resource Center here in Glenwood from 2011 to 2018, and then I was able to transition in 2018 into um, an HCBS waiver home here in Glenwood, where I reside now. So we may have a few people on our uh, listening to our podcast here who may not be familiar with what either a resource center is or what an HCBS waiver home is. So maybe, Brady, as a part of, of your story, you could kind of tell us the difference and, and how, how it was that you came to be able to move from um, a more restrictive resource center into uh, the HCBS house. Well, first tell people what the resource center is. Sure. So uh, there are two resource centers here in the state of Iowa, uh, Woodward Resource Center and the Glenwood Resource Center. Um, and they serve clients with intellectual disabilities, uh, clients that may have a behavior disorder that cannot be managed in a community setting. Um, so when they come to Glenwood and at Woodward too, the team of staff really jump in to address what those issues are to help the client live a better life. And then what is the HCBS <clears throat> house that you were talking about? So I'm not exactly sure what the meaning of HCBS is, um, but I'll talk to you kind of a little bit about my home. My home is basically a uh, community independent living home within the community of Glenwood. Uh, we had four of us guys in the home, three, including me. And then we have 24 hour staff. So we always have a staff member uh, working with us at all times. We make our own meals. We clean our own house. We do our own laundry. Um, it's on our own. Um, something that I would like to share is when I moved into the community in 2018, it was a lot different because I've always lived in 
facilities like Glenwood or residential care facilities, ICF facilities. And so when I moved in the community, I kept asking my staff, can I go do this? Can I go do that? And they come up to me and they go, Grady, you don't have to ask. This is your home. And, you know, it really took a long time for me to get adjusted to that. Um, Something that I'm trying to get adjusted to right now is my father made a good point. But I have all these mentors and volunteers, okay? When I lived up at Glenwood Research Center, calling these people were volunteers. My dad said, Brady, you're not at the research center anymore. He's like, don't call these people volunteers. Call them your friends. And so it's been a really kind of a tough thing to try to um, learn that, you know, calling them volunteers all this time. Changing the words. And just for our listeners, HCBS stands for Home and Community-Based Services. And Brady, yep. you mentioned ICF, which is an intermediate care facility. Um, yep. And those are congregate living situations where anywhere from 25 to 100 people may live together in kind of an institutional sort of setting. So when you moved to the community, there were big changes because you had now your own space with a couple of roommates and, and the ability to do what you wanted in your own home. And I assume that means a whole lot more independence for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I basically have full independence and, you know, at first when I moved, it was kind of slow. They wanted to do um, some trials with me, but you know, as things progressed and I've shown my staff and my program director and my parents, you know, that I've been able to succeed in the community. um, They've really allowed me to do a lot more. That's great. Brady, you mentioned, uh, when we did a little um, kind of a chit chat before we went on the air, you said to me that you wanted to talk a little bit about where you had been, um, because that was kind of important or not kind of, that was really important to your story and, and where you are today. So uh, would you still like to share a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So um, I just really wanted to kind of focus on where I was at prior to moving to Glenwood, because I know Judy has heard some of this before, and Mike, you have too, but the stories of people that go through difficulties in their life, it's moving, it's life-changing, and if you if people like me don't share their stories, then people aren't going to understand, hey, this is what this individual went through, you know, maybe this is what I went through. And they can put their shoes into our shoes. So I just want to talk a little bit about uh, where I was at prior to coming to the Resource Center. So I came to the Resource Center in 2011 uh, here in Glenwood. And um, prior to moving to Glenwood, I lived in Carbondale, Illinois at NeuroRestorative. Uh, they are a brain injury facility. Um, I think... There's a lot of different locations of neuroresorted throughout the United States. Um, I was at the Carbondale location, and um, they were treating me for what they said was a brain injury, brain injury at birth. I didn't consider my disability a brain injury. I just, I um, consider my diagnosis, you know, like bipolar, more of a behavior disorder. You know, when I was living in Carbondale, 
you know, I had my ups, I had my downs, but I ended up being arrested twice. And I worked with my lawyer and my judge and my dad. And I said, what's the possibility on trying to get approved for either the Woodward or Glenwood Resource Centers? And I had advocate from my mom and dad because we've been trying to get me into the resource centers prior to the incidents of me being arrested for a long time. And the resource centers kept saying, you don't qualify. You're, you know, we can't take you. And my dad kind of pushed some strings. And so in 2011, I moved from Carbondale uh, Neural Restorative to the Glenwood Resource Center. When I walked into the resource center, I had a lot of issues, a lot of issues that needed to be addressed. Heavy duty counseling, staff not let me, you know, when I have a behavior, just let me get away with stuff. They held me accountable for my actions, you know, things like that. And as the years progressed, I realized, I said, hey, guys, I need to change my life. I'm not changing my life for my parents. I'm not changing my life for for Judy or Mike. You know, I'm changing it because I want to. I want to live a better life. And so I was able to work with my staff, with my counselors, with my supervisors. And in 2018, I was able to make a big stepping stone in my life and move into the community. And I'll tell you, my mom was scared. She was scared to move me. She didn't know if I would succeed. She didn't know if I would fail. But you know what? I kept having faith. And I told my mom, I said, we're not going to know how I'm going to do until we try this. And you know what? I've been living in the community ever since. I heard you say two really important things. Is that one that you don't know until you try it. And two, that the change came from you and then everyone else came around and helped. And those are really two very powerful messages. I agree, Judy. And, you know, I guess I just want to say to people that might be listening to this is if you say you can't do something, that's a lie. You shouldn't say that you can't do something until you try it because nobody's going to know if it's going to work until you try and not give up on yourself. For you, Brady, making that change, what was the scariest part about it? Basically walking into a setup or an agency that I've never worked with before, telling myself, okay, this is a neat opportunity, but what if it doesn't work out? Then where do we go? You mean when you moved to the Glenwood Resource Center or when you moved into the community? When I moved from the Resource Center into the community. Oh, okay. I was worried that if things didn't work out, that I would have to be sent back to the Resource Center. And that was one of my major concerns. Since I've known you, the the good thing is that you've spoken up and tried. I always love to share this story about my first meeting you, Brady, and it was... um, for those of you listening that may not know, I, I'm the manager for a training pro, or a, a program called the Connor Training Connection. And one of the things we do is work with um, Money Follows a Person, which is a program that helped Brady um, to, to make the move from, along with lots of other folks, from Glenwood Resource Center to the community. 
Um, but there had been uh, a transition in staffing within Money Follows a Person. And Brady, apparently you must have done some online research and came across Connor and my name and called me and basically said, you know, I'm ready to transition. And But I haven't heard from my transition specialist for a while. And I would just hope that somebody could help me get this moving. And um, I was really impressed. And needless to say, um, I contacted people with Money Follows a Person and I'm sure pretty soon after that, you got contacted because within a month or two, I heard that you had moved. So it seems like you have, you understand the importance of speaking up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, another neat thing, I'm going to kind of jump ahead a little bit, Mike, but I have, you know, lived in the community here in Bloodwood since 2018. I am currently, um, looking and working with my team and my mom and dad, which are my legal guardians to move back to Northeast Iowa, uh, to the Waterloo Cedar Falls, Waverly area. What are some of the reasons that you'd like to do that? My mom and dad live in Waverly, Iowa, and right now I'm four and a half hours away from mom and dad. Um, and so I just want to get closer to family. Uh, we're looking at, you know, places in Waverly, Waterloo Cedar Falls. And I think that's great. Um, I have a friend, he's a community ambassador with the community ambassador program and he lives in a rim house in Cedar Falls. And so his program director for that area has really been advocating for me to move to rem. Um, like I said, I don't know if that's the route we're going to go, me going to rem, but it's a, it's a possibility. Um, just kind of depends on what agency my mom and dad want to go with since, since they're my legal guardians. Brady, I have a question about, you know, you've talked about staff and programs. What kind of help do you benefit from having? What kind, how do staff help you? Good question, Judy. Um, you know, right now, staff help a lot. Uh, they help me do cooking. They help me do cleaning. They help me with my finances. They help get me to and from community functions, you know, like church or Relay for Life or just different activities in the community. So I'm glad you brought that up. Because that's Those are supports that when I move, I'm going to have to build those new supports. You know, here in Glenwood, I already have those supports. But when I move, that's definitely a support that I'm going to have to um, find out and reach out to people to find supports. How do you feel about that? You know, it's a little bit scary, but, you know, I I have faith. You know, I've done it before. I can do it again. Well, and the good news is you have family that can help you. I think that's good news. You know, sometimes it can be, uh, as a person who also lives with a disability, I know that sometimes, you know, you, you need to create that space um, so that you're doing your own advocating and so forth. And it sounds like your parents are pretty good about you, they recognize your own, your talents and abilities to, to advocate for yourself. Sure. You know, Brady, as you described the kind of help you get, I want to make sure that we let our audience know about some of the amazing things that you are doing. In addition to all you've, you've done a great job of talking about all the support you need and the challenges you face. But um, my relationship began with you because we both sit on the Iowa developmental disabilities governor's planning council together do you want to talk a little bit about that with folks, what that is and what your role is and what it will be? Yes, yes, 
and I'm glad you brought that up, Judy. Um, so I ser- currently serve as the vice chair for the Iowa Developmental Disabilities Council. Uh, we advocate for people with disabilities across the state of Iowa to help them find funding, to help them find services. Um, we advocate for all that. You know, somebody, if somebody needs, you know, like we have a council member that needed a handicapped door accessible from the post office. You know, if, if they end up running into issues like that, we can they can come to council and say, okay, what can the council do to advocate for this? Uh, we pass bill, well, we try to pass bills through the legislator in Iowa to um, make lives for people with disabilities in Iowa a better place for them to live. So a little bit about me and how I got involved with the Iowa DD Council. I actually uh, was asked by Brooke Lovelace to join the council, and this is back when she was the director for Money Falls a Person, and we were at a Money Falls a Person uh, banquet in Johnston. Uh, she came up to me after my speech for community ambassador speech and said, Brady, she's like, we have an open on the Iowa DD Council, and we would because she was just transitioning from Money Falls a Person to the Iowa DD Council as being the board of director. And she gave me her card, and she's like, I want you to think about this, but we have an opening on the Iowa DD Council, and we would love to have you a part of it. So I did some research on what the Iowa DD Council is. I talked to my staff. I talked to my dad, which is my guardian, and he said, let's go for it. So I turned in my application and a couple months later I was approved. You know, I started as a regular, um, just a regular council member. And then I was able to join the executive committee and help make decisions for the council. And um, after serving on the executive committee for a little bit, I was able to become vice chair of the council, which really is a neat experience. Um, And then starting here in July, I will be taking over from the IODD Council as the chair. And I wanted to thank you, Judy, because Judy has stepped up on the council to help me with the chair position uh, since there will be some assistance that I would need with that. And, you know, Judy, without all your support with this, I don't think I could have done the, done the chair without the support from you. So I kudos to you. That is kind of you, Brady, but you did it without me. I'm just here to, to be your cheerleader. So, <laughs> and, you know, the um, DD Council's mission is really to help, just like Brady said, is to help people with developmental disabilities so they can live, work, learn, and play in the community if they're choosing. Brady, one of the things that I am really, really impressed about you is that, um, you know, you're, you're still plotting out your own path to, to more and more independence and the strides that you've made, which you've shared earlier with us on the podcast. And yet you're, you're a big focus for you is to help other people. And, and I know that one of the ways of doing that is through being on the Iowa DD council, because that really, you know, you have a chance to really make life better, as you mentioned, through the legislature and through other kinds of trainings and everything. So I know another way that you are working to help people become more independent and to really encourage people is through um, the community ambassador program. So 
um, I was remiss. So first of all, congratulations on your being um, selected as chair of the council. That's quite an honor. Um, and now that I've said that, um, could you tell us a little bit about this uh, community ambassador program? Sure. So the Community Ambassador Program is a program that was established a couple of years ago uh, through the University of Iowa Center for Disabilities and Excellence. And uh, what the uh, Community Ambassador Program is, is it's a group of clients that have either lived in an ICF facility and been able to move from an ICF facility into the community or a parent guardian of a loved one that has lived in an ICF facility and moved into the community. So what we as community ambassadors do is we share our story with agencies. We go out, we talk to agencies like Glenwood Research Center, Woodward, Mosaic, agencies like that. And we share our story from living in an ICF facility and being able to move in the community. And you know, my mom, attended the Make Your Mark conference back in September and watched me share my speech, a speech that she's heard that I got given those speeches before, but she's never heard it in person. And I'll tell you, Mike and Judy, she was in tears. She was in good tears because she was able to realize how far her son has come. I was there and it was kind of fun because I got to be there with she. But then I thought, I, I didn't realize, you know, that's one of the things about not seeing is that sometimes you miss out on some verbal or nonverbal cues. And she, um, I was trying, I was coming up to introduce myself to her. And then I realized, hey, she was just so moved, you know, from what you, what had just happened with you sharing that story. One of the things that I loved about being there, Brady, was um, that you called up another guy that was a friend of yours from, I think, uh, Glenwood, um, and you invited him to come up and share the stage with you. And I think that must have given him a tremendous amount of confidence. And I get to work with him now and kind of help him get settled in. And maybe he'll be on the on a, on a future episode for you, for all of you out there listening to hear. But I thought that was really unselfish of you, Brady, because, you know, it was, it could have been your time to shine. And yet you, you called him up to, to recognize the progress that he's made too. And that's, that was so, that was really cool. And, you know, Brady, we know that you're a man who, I mean, we could talk to you for hours. Um, and, but, and we know that you're a man who has a job, a community job. We know that you're engaged in your church. We know that you're taking leadership at state level and even national level to help change things for people with disabilities. And one of the questions that we ask everyone who comes on the show is that, you know, when all is said and done, um, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to remember when they hear the name Brady Worker? Wow, that's a moving question. Basically, just because you have a disability doesn't give people the right to treat you better, doesn't give it the right for people to treat you any different than anybody else. Just because you have a disability, you are the same as each and every one of us. And, you know, just because you had a rough past, don't focus on what, how rough of a past you have. Look at where you're at now. Take steps forward and tell yourself that you can do it. Because if you tell yourself that you can't do it, that's a lie. Because if 
you tell yourself you can do it, you can do it and have faith in yourself. You know, I can't think of a better way to bring this to a close because I, we could, as you said, Judy, we could ask Brady a lot of questions about other things and maybe we'll, you know, bring you back and maybe bring you back with our other friend that I just mentioned, but that, that is such a powerful message. That, yeah. Um, there is something I did want to share too, that we forgot um, back in September when I um, was um, attending the make your mark conference in Des Moines, um, this past year, uh, we lost a great advocate here in Iowa. And her name was Mia Peterson. Uh, Mia Peterson was a great self-client advocate for those people in Iowa that struggle with disabilities. Uh, Mia passed away. And so her parents came up with the Mia Peterson Self-Advocacy Award. And uh, this year, I was able to receive that award for the advocacy work that I have done. And I want to thank you, Mike, for nominating me for that award. Oh, well, you won you're the first one. Congratulations. Yes. Well, you definitely were, are deserving of that. And I knew Mia. And the only thing I, one of the things I wrote in the nomination was that I wish that Mia could have been there when you got that award, because you two would have so much to talk about. And, um, but so she's, she's with us in spirit and it was an honor to be able to, um, to be there um, first is by zoom when, when, when the decision was um, when the council chose to um, select you from a lot of really good nominations, by the way, and then also to be at make your mark when you received it. So um, that was very exciting. And um, it was a, I'm sure one of many uh, honors that, that you'll, beginning along the way, but I think I can tell that the thing that's most important to you is you're becoming more independent while uh, supporting others to do the same. And that's, that's what we need here in Iowa and across the country. Judy, do you have any other fine words of wisdom before we bring this episode to a close? I just hope we all grow up to be as passionate as Brady. Very well said. And I would just like to thank you, Brady, for um, joining us. Um, also like to thank uh, all of you who tuned in. I hope you'll share this podcast with, with others. Um, and I hope you'll join us for our next uh, episode of Disability Exchange. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us today on Disability Exchange. Disability Exchange is produced by the University Center for Excellence in Developmental Disabilities, which is housed at the Center for Disabilities and Development at the University of Iowa. Special thanks to Kyle Delvaux for the music contributions.